Before we get started, I'd like to invite you to close your eyes, and I'm going to read a few verses. And as I read the verses, we're going to sit with each one for just a few minutes, moments, to allow the word of God to settle in our hearts. As we've been preparing over the last couple weeks, you know that this morning is going to look a little bit different. We're going to be focusing on stories over the last months, over the last weeks, praising God together. So with your eyes closed, listen to the word. Colossians 3.16 Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Psalm 105. Verse 1, oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Ephesians 4, 8 and 9, finally, brothers, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that all throughout your word, there are praises to your name. There are prayers, there are accounts of what you have done. Lord, and while there might not be one specific verse that specifically teaches the idea of what we're about to do this morning, where we are sharing our time together, praising your name, sharing stories about what you have done. It's exampled all throughout scripture. That the people of God, when they gather, are to proclaim the work that you are doing. Not as a boast, but as an encouragement to your people that you are living You are alive and among your people. 
So Lord, as we come to this time of sharing this morning, Lord, I pray that our hearts would be right before you. I pray that our testimonies would be about you and what we've seen you do. Lord, I pray that all that is shared this morning would honor you, would lift your name high, would praise you, and that this would be an offering of worship, Lord, as your people, your church, your bride, which you purchased by your blood, are coming not to receive, but to give. Lord, this is probably foreign, and it might feel a little uncomfortable, but it is not out of the ordinary for God's people. Lord, help us in this next time together to be focused on you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, as I alluded to, our time this morning is going to be a little bit different. Typically, you show up on a Sunday morning, we sing some songs, we have our prayer time and our, and our offering, and your pastor comes up and preaches to you. And that's a good thing. But as we alluded to, all throughout Scripture, we see God's people gathering, sharing stories of what God has done. Right? You are ambassadors for Christ. You also are priests in his kingdom. God is at work in your life. Right? And so it's good for us to take moments from time to time like this to allow what God's doing in your life to be shared as an encouragement to the body of Christ. So we're going to kind of do this in two parts. As I prayed over this, how, how to do this, we're going to kind of focus on two parts. The first part, we kind of, we, we do want to hear about the fair. Whether you served at the fair, whether you attended the fair for the booth, or you just went to the fair, if you were part of the prayer team for the fair, if you were part of the service of the fair, anything regarding the fair outreach that we took part of, we'd like to hear those stories. What did you observe? What, what surprised you? What was difficult? What was easier than you thought? Any, any and all of those things, good or bad. So that's going to be the first one. So I'm going to invite Jacob, and after a little while, after we have some sharing of this, I'll, I'll give instructions for the second time. So Jacob's going to come around. We've got these wireless mics. Technology is wonderful. You do not have to stand. But Jacob's going to help me. I should also remind you that we are recording the audio. It will go onto our Spotify. So if there's sensitive information such as names or specific things like that, be aware that this will go up onto the internet uh, and just keep that in mind when you're sharing. And you can use John Doe or something like that, Jane Doe, in replace of people's name if you feel like that would be appropriate. So just want to make you aware of that. So Jacob's going to kind of be on this side and I'll kind of be on this side. And all you got to do is raise your hand and we'll come around and we'll bring a mic to you. And you don't even have to state your name. You can just say, this is what, I, what my experience was at the fair. So... 
All right, here we go. This is that leap of faith moment. Who's going first? All right, Kyle. Sorry. I was working at the fair with my mom and dad, and I happened to see one of my friends, and she was going through a rough day, and she, I happened to see her, and I said, hey, friend. And she goes, hey, Kyle. I go, what's bothering you? She goes, oh, I'm worried about my pregnancy. I, so we sat down and we talked. She actually was encouraged by the fair booth because she's a Christian, but she was able to relate to a lot of the questions on the board, and she just wanted to thank me for encouraging her. Awesome. Thank you. Guys, don't be shy. We got two mics, so you can you can raise your hands. Morning. Um, I, I just want to tell you a couple of or a few of the experiences that I had. I, I would say these were noteworthy. In other words, I jotted down notes as I talked to them. There was a young man, 13 years old, who visited our booth. Kathy and I were there, and uh, shared with us that he attended a church, but he just kind of attended all by himself. He walked to this church, lived a block or two from the church, 13 years old, if you can imagine that. And uh, they had no um, young people at the church and they had no musical instruments in the church. So he kind of felt like, yeah, I wish I was able to go to some other church. Well, I said I'd give him a call, love to talk to his parents and that sort of thing. So anyway, this week I did connect with him, um, talked with him on the phone, but his parents were not home. The phone number that he gave me was his own personal cell phone. So I have to call him back, but he said, yeah, I'd be happy for you to talk to my parents um, when they're home. So at any rate, I'm looking forward to that. I had a couple of people <coughs> who kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, they read the questions, but they didn't want the answers. And this happened actually three different times. This one lady that I talked to, she said, no, I, I never ask myself those questions because I really don't want to think about it. And I thought, wow, if nothing else, I made her think about it. <laughs> then there was a, a, another one, actually a high school girl, who uh, was looking at the questions, and basically she said, I, I said, do you ever ask yourself these questions? And she said, well, yeah, I ask myself these questions all the time. I said, well, can I offer you some of these pamphlets? I said, they might help you answer some of your questions. I, I don't want the answers. She said, I don't want to know the answers to these questions. And so what I discovered was, People are afraid of being accountable. If they have answers and information, then they're going to feel accountable. And uh, I, to me, that was kind of surprising. Maybe I'm a little naive. Um, but at, at any rate, I thought that was kind of shocking somewhat. There's another lady. But, um, this lady was, if I remember right, she was from Newark and probably had the longest conversation with this lady. But she was very adversarial, nice, friendly, but very adversarial. She said, evangelicals, they hate the gays, they hate multiracial marriages, and she just kind of like, Christians hate this and hate that and hate the other. She says, if there's, if there's a God of, uh, at all, she said, it's got to be a God of love. So anyway, we were able to talk about that just a little bit. And she said, well, yeah, I, you know, I see these evangelical preachers on television, she said, and they preach so much hate. And so I thought, well, it was kind of interesting. Evangelical Christians sometimes give themselves a really bad name, don't they? And I th that's a perception, I think, that a lot of people 
have. So we need to think a little bit about how to connect with, uh, with people like that. And then the last one I'll share with you is there is there a 12-year-old young man, and he just kind of paced back and forth several times. And he was from a different state. He was visiting his grandmother here in Ohio. And uh, he kept saying, yeah, I'm, I'm here because I'm trying to figure myself out. That was his comment. So he was just a kind of a 12-year-old who apparently was confused. Maybe, uh, who knows, there are family problems at home, so he had to come visit his grandma for a while. I don't know. But interestingly enough, he took several of the pamphlets. Even at 12 years old, the, the titles of the pamphlets um, attract him. There was another lady that, that I spoke with who picked up what she wanted, one of every one of the pamphlets. And I thought, well, that's kind of neat. Even if she just sticks them in a file, someday somebody's going to ask her these questions, and she can pull them out and, and look at them. Lastly, you guys know there was a Mormon booth just around the corner. These Mormons were talking to a lot of people. They were a little bit on the aggressive or, or assertive side, which, frankly, I respected. I finally decided I'd seen enough. And so I went home, looked on the computer. I put together nine questions for the Mormons to answer. And I walked over and I handed them these nine questions. And they said, oh, we'll work on this. Thank you so much. And one time, somebody actually walked by our booth and said, I want you to know we're working on these questions that you gave us. Well, they never gave them back. <laughs> I, I gave them my address. I gave them my email address. Um, at any rate, I just found that not surprising, but interesting. Um, by the way, if any of you are interested in those nine questions, if you ever have a Mormon knock, knock on your door, you might be interested. Let me know. I'd be glad to give you a copy of them. We took some of our bracelets, though. <laughs> Thank you. I was out at the fair. I was really discouraged to go out to the fair and walk around, and, and there was so much missing. Our fair isn't our fair anymore. It's getting to the point where people are are not working towards the growth of our fair like it used to be. And that's happening all over the United States. But our booth was a blessing for me. I didn't do a whole lot. I enjoyed the kids as they played with those clouds and we hung them up and, and enjoyed their and the joy of the things that they played played with. We had them. What would they like on those clouds <clears throat> that we hung up? And it was amazing what some of them kids would say. We also had some parents that worked with their kids, and they 
they were a blessing also. I noticed that when the people passed our, passed our booth, they would look up and they would read the questions on the board and they'd keep right on going. They weren't interested in picking up, you know, I'd say, those are the questions. These are the answers. Each and every one of those are answers. And they'd keep going on. Then there's some people that just maybe pick up a couple and occasionally you would have people make up, pick up all 11 of them. And then on the last night, I actually got the first, for the first time in my life that I could, I probably have done it a little bit, but I actually got to minister to a young lady. She's a believer. She struggles with anxiety and, and uh, and has trouble. And she was having trouble with the the evil one messing with her all the time. Kept her depression and her anxiety beached up. This young lady struggled so mad so much that she has to have uh, I don't know what they call it had work with other people to keep herself settled down uh, and uh, she uh, struggles and she was struggling pretty bad and I told her I said we prayed Carol and I prayed over and I told her I said what did she reads books all the time she's a believer but she reads books about her depression and her anxieties mm -hmm. and the only thing that would come to my mind. So I told her, I said, one of the best things you can do is put your hands up, drop down on your knees, and surrender, and give everything in your mind and your heart and your soul to the Lord Jesus Christ, because he's the only person that can save you from that. Yeah, thanks, Jim. The doctors help, but Jesus can relieve you of that. Yeah, thanks, Jim. And thanks for sharing that. And I, uh, I sent my heart the young lady.
And also, Susan won a lot of awards with her flowers. <laughs> any other any other thoughts on our fair week or the outreach efforts stories that you have to share I too had the privilege of working at a fair booth with Kathy her and I were amazed at the children that actually come up and um, filled out clouds that we hung up. And Kathy and I had the privilege of um, talking with this little boy. He couldn't have been more than, we figured maybe seven years old. And we started asking him if he knew Jesus and he said yes. And he said, I read your board, he said, I read all 11 questions, and he said, I know the answer to all 11. So Kathy and I um, asked him if he would give us the answers, and we started with question one and went all through the 11 questions. In his little heart, he gave us the answers to those 11 questions that he felt in his heart was the answer to these 11 questions. Yeah. And I, I, I'm totally amazed. Um, the children um, that we had a chance to talk with um, their parents were all churchgoers, and the kids believed in Jesus. And to me, that was just totally amazing. And um, personally, I think that we should, um, as the outreach committee, that we should continue the fair booth and bring more adults and children's to Jesus Christ. Thanks for sharing. Um, I was reminded, working at the, the fair booth, what an advantage it is, as we talked about in Sunday school, um, friendship evangelism, to know the people who were passing by. <clears throat> and what a wonderful start that is um, to engage with that person. Most of the people I didn't know at all, but I had some former students come by and, and it was just wonderful to engage with them, to connect with them again. Um, and it was just a reminder of how important relationships are with sharing your faith, sharing spiritual things um, in conjunction with, you know, uh, sharing your faith to have their friendship and perhaps their trust um, to add to that. It just puts so much meat on it. Um, so it was encouraging to me to build friendships 
and use those friendships to, you know, share the gospel, share Christ. So that was just an inspiration to me. Thank you. I wasn't able to attend the fair for the first time in probably ever because I went even as a child. But this year, I got feedback from a lot of people who went. For one thing, the fair was hurt because they raised the price. Mm -hmm. And that's prohibitive when you have children and a family to take to the fair. And that hurt them. And I did hear those complaints and listen to people. And I thought, this is sad because my grandmother, we took a basket dinner and we got to go out of school because I was from Newcomerstown and we didn't close school for the Shockton Fair. But we, that was traditional, my whole family we went. And they said the attendance was down. Well, at $15, that's pretty sharp for some people. Plus, if they eat there or do other things, we always packed a dinner and took a basket lunch, but we, we were allowed after that to go spend a little money on the junk food, as my mother said. <laughs> but So I heard rumors, and I would have worked the fair had I been feeling better, because I love the fair. But our fair is something to behold, but when they raised the price, what was it, $15? Mm -hmm. That's prohibitive for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And they're gonna wanna spend money when they're out there because of the booth. And then junk food, as they say, uh, we packed a picnic and took a basket when I went. Yeah. But then we could spend a little money on the junk food. But uh, we loved the fair, and they said the attendance was down, but on the radio it said they had sold enough tickets, something, but a lot of people must not have shown up that bought yeah. tickets. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know if the, that was on the radio. So maybe next year's we'll get back to some kind of normalcy, but $15 is a little high for families. Yeah. Don't you yeah. think to go to the fair? Yeah, we need to pray for them, pray for it to be, well, you know, get it back. It, we used to go from, we got a day out of school to go because I lived in Newcomerstown. We didn't get off of the Shockton Fair. <laughs> right, right, thank you, thank so. you. All right, well, we're gonna transition into our second time of sharing. Um, all throughout scripture, we see God's people giving God praise, making his deeds known among the people. This morning, we're gonna spend our time, this next set of time together, worshiping God through sharing what God's doing in your life. Where are you seeing God show up? Where are you seeing him at work in your life and in your communities, uh, in our community, excuse me? Um, I have some scriptures that focus on this, and uh, most of them come out of the Psalms. So Psalm 22, verse 22 says, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. Psalm 35, 28. Then my tongue shall tell of your righteousness and of your praise all the day long. Psalm 66, verse 16. Come and hear all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. Psalm 57, verse 9. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. Psalm 79, verse 13. 
But we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will give thanks to you forever. From generation to generation, we will recount your praise. I like that one. Generation to generation. And then lastly, Luke verse eight, uh, excuse me, Luke chapter 8, verse 39. This is Jesus talking. He says, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And the man went away, proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. This is the call of, of being a, a disciple of Jesus, to share what Jesus is doing in our lives. This shouldn't feel foreign to us, but it does. So this next time together, we want to focus kind of that idea of what is God doing? What is Jesus doing? Where do we see Jesus showing up and challenging us? And, and, and where do we see him at work in our lives, in our community? So that's going to be the focus of our next time together. So. week before the fair we have friends we have friends that we go visit very often and we do it strictly for devotion Long time ago, 2006, we we quit camping, and that was that was the wrong <laughs> that was the wrong yeah wrong time in night. Oh, anyhow. We quit camping, and for some reason, we wanted to take a ride over to the lake. And the Lord sent us over there, and we were walking around, and we got to run into a couple of our friends that we'd known all the time we were camping and they were with us when the when the girls were growing up mm -hmm. well after we and the Lord provided us with their friendship again And out of all the campground and all the boats, houseboats and stuff, they're the only two people that the Lord kept us in touch with. And a couple of weeks ago, we was going to go over for devotion. And we couldn't go this time, couldn't stretched out because we normally go over on a regular basis mm -hmm. 
And one of the husbands of one of the people we do devotions with passed away. And so last Thursday, we actually got the opportunity to go back over for the devotions. His funeral was in on Tuesday and we weren't able to go there. But Dorothy, Kathy, and Dennis, and us were able to go over for devotions. And that day was the day or two before they were, had to take their boat out, their houseboat out and put it up yeah. on the dirt. Yeah. And uh, when we all got on the boat, we decided to take it out in the middle of the lake, turn the motor off and sit down and praise the Lord for a couple of hours. And what a blessing that is. Hmm? What a blessing that is. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and we got to share it with the pastor. Carol took some pictures while we were doing that, and and they've met Kathy and Dennis. And uh, yeah. and we do that on a regular back basis. And try to try to talk about Jesus all the time. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I've had the opportunity to work with Pastor Chris one on one, and uh, he's helped me come to terms with who I am as a Christian. Because when I first started coming here, I knew who I was, but I was stagnant. And Pastor Chris helped me open my eyes to, okay, you need, you're a Christian, but you need to go here. And he helped me come to terms with what I am and who I am. And I've been able to start a little bit of a new pocket New Testament out reach I just shared with him. I uh, put a little encouragement thing in it, and I leave them in places, and at the bottom I say, please pass on, and I don't sign my name or anything. I just leave them wherever I go, and I also started a outreach program in my workshop with some of my, three of my closest friends, and we're able to actually sit and discuss what we've been reading in the Bible. If it wasn't for Pastor Chris encouraging me these few months, I don't think I would have been able to start my ministry program. So I'm also thanking God and Pastor Chris. Yeah. Praise Jesus. Thank you. I want to share what God has done in our lives. We have four beautiful granddaughters. We have prayed and prayed and prayed over these granddaughters that they come 
to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Out of the four, two have received him as their Lord and Savior and is actually going to church. And we are still praying that the other two will open up their eyes and realize that they need Jesus also in their lives. And Jim and I are trying so hard to let them see the light shining from us, that they need this light also and Jesus in their lives. Thank you. So I just want to share a little bit about um, what the Lord has been teaching me in my life. Um, But in the past year, I've started doing some new things that I've never done before, Um, one of which is volunteer with a local pregnancy center. Another is serving as the interim director of that pregnancy center, Um, so doing lots of new things. Um, And I continue to find myself in situations I mean, you can just sit across the table at these women and their lives are in shambles. They, um, they're very alone. They don't have a support system, um, you know, family that's abandoned them, uh, struggling to just provide the basic necessities for their kids. Um, oftentimes, the result of lots of trauma, um, you know, really painful things. And these women will just weep <laughs> before you and it's just, what do you, what do you say? Um, and just facing that, deep sense of inadequacy, um, that these women just need a touch from God, and there's nothing that I can do or say that's, um, you know, going to help. And so the Lord has just been walking me through those feelings of inadequacy, and I think he's trying to teach me to rely on his spirit in those moments. Um, You know, a lot of times we learn the methods, right? What do you say? You know, what are the questions that you ask? what are the words of encouragement that you give? What scriptures do you go to? You know, and you're supposed to memorize all these things. And I think he's just trying to show me that in those moments, he knows what she needs at that time. And so he's teaching me how to um, just respond through his spirit and not just in my own wisdom. Thank you. Okay. um, I try not to talk too much, but One time I was a real bashful guy. Yeah, didn't say too much. But I just want to start out by saying um, um, I feel really loved at this church. Try not to get emotional here, but it happens. Sorry. But God is love, right? And the Lord is love. And we're supposed to love one another and um, pray for one another and... um, Every day we fight battles. Every day we, seems like when we step out of our house, welcome to the world. But God is with us. He's got his hand right up on us. And um, for me, personally, um, I have grown in the Lord. And I know I need more of that. But uh, I've had a lot of people support me, pray with me, help me, and talk to me. And this church and the pastor, like he was saying, um, you know, 
And, and the people itself in this church has reached out to me, has shown me that kindness and love and helped my daughter and has helped me see certain things I need to grow in the area. Um, but I have a little verse uh, I just want to read in John chapter 7. <clears throat> the promise of the Holy Spirit. That's verse 37. And uh, it's got other verses, of course, but this stands out to me. Um, the promise of the Holy Spirit. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, <clears throat> If any. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow like rivers of living water. So, I love water, and I love the word, and I'm thirsty for him. Mm. Uh, he has brought me out so much of uh, oh, confusion in my life. I've had great people stand behind me and, uh, you know, <clears throat> maybe bop me upside the head a couple times, stay straightened up, walk, <laughs> walk this out line. But, yeah. but anyways, hey, I just love everybody here, and thank you for all your prayers and um, you and the family, and uh, I thank you for this time. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. So I have... Um struggled in my lifetime, and I imagine everybody else has, but it's me, myself, um, knowing that uh, the Lord has really touched me in so many different ways, so many different ways. He's been beside me all those years for 67, so I oblige his meaningful heart, empowering love that he gives and brings me out to other people that I need to be able to touch be able to speak to them individually and encourage them. I do believe that's a gift that I've always had since I was a child. I never used it as young as I was, but as I see in the past and how it's, how, it's, how he led me to do the things that I'm doing um, righteously. Um, we all make mistakes at times. We're, we're not perfect, but he sure is. And he will guide us and lead us and direct us in the way that we are called to be of his servant. Um, and I just um, want to thank you so much for being blessed here, each and every one of you, each and every one of you in this church. And um, I believe that this is my calling where I need to be. I just ask of the Lord, please, you know, just guide me and let me know where I need to be. And I know he will. And I thank you for sharing. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> I'll share a little bit. Um, I didn't grow up in a family that had a stable father figure. So I always feel like I struggle to be a good dad, to be a good father. Um, I feel like I'm constantly making mistakes and constantly, you know, failing at it from time to time. But uh, in this past year, uh, which is hard to believe that like in one week will be the, the like 
one year mark of being installed here as your pastor, which is uh, humble in itself. But uh, in this past year, I've had to probably lead my family as a father more than I've ever had to ever in my life into new waters, into new territories. And I can't tell you how many times I, I felt inadequate, felt desperate, felt like, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and, you know, and, and new things. I've got teenagers now, you know. My, uh, my oldest be getting his temps here in the, within the next several months, right? Um, high school age and, you know, and it's like we're venturing into new territory all the time. And the Lord has been good through all of it. Uh, he has showed up in numerous ways over the past year um, to guide me and, and to lead me and, and, and us. And, and some of that has been through you, all of you, um, your love. I, I, I told my kids early when we were struggling with the transition, you know, we, we were struggling emotionally with moving and leaving everyone we've ever known, everything we've ever known to come here and serve, you know, struggling with those emotions. And I said, yeah, but have you ever been loved the way that these people love us? Like, we haven't even done anything yet. Like, we just show up and you guys love us. And uh, we are so thankful for that. And uh, I just want to just praise the Lord because that's only something that can come from Jesus. Um, and so let that be an encouragement to you all, um, uh, how you guys have been influential by your surrender to the Holy Spirit over this past year, uh, blessing our family. So uh, thank you. Happy <laughs> you. We already did that last week. Thank you. All right. Hi. Uh, we, one thing that happened at the fair, we went to the fair booth and we were invited to come here and we did and uh, we knew the uh, speakers from uh, last week and uh, so we were glad to hear them. That's the main reason why we came. But we, um, we have been attending a Reformed church in Mount Vernon, and but wanted to come uh, find a more of a community church. So I thank you for all that I've heard today, and and have met some of you. And you know we've been looking for a church to attend. But uh, one thing I wanted to just point out uh, that that struck me uh, recently. Uh, we all probably like to hear of uh, read of uh, the miracles that Jesus performed. And so many times uh, in those miracles, Jesus says, because of your faith, you are healed. You know, um, different ones. You know, the lady that touched uh, his hem just to, to do that. You, you are healed because of your faith. You, you had faith in me that I could do that. Uh, the, uh, the centurion, the Roman soldier, whose, uh, whose daughter, I think it was, that was going to near death because your uh, your faith she is healed 
and she was healed that day, even though it took hit, uh, the, the soldier a couple uh, days to walk there, but then found out before he got there that uh, she was healed at that particular time. But then what about, have you ever thought, what about the time uh, when uh, Jesus healed the, uh, the crippled man at Bethesda, the pool, you know, that he was laying uh, by and could never get in it? Uh, for 38 years. Can you imagine 38 years trying to uh, get in that pool and hoping to be healed when the waters moved? Jesus approached him and said, uh, do you want to be healed? It seems like a crazy question to me. <laughs> you know, of course he did. And, uh, and Jesus said, uh, take up your bed and walk. But uh, does it say anything about faith? No, it doesn't doesn't say anything about his faith. And he didn't even know who healed him. And then uh, people asked him, uh, because it was on the Sabbath, why are you carrying your bed? And I uh, said, well, a, a man healed me. A man helped me in the water. And, and, but who was he? I don't know. I don't know who he was. But then Jesus saw him in the crowd later. And he said, see, you are well. And he found out who healed him and my, my hope and, and then he told people about this what what happened to him and my whole point is and I I'd like to think of this like in my own life it seems like there's been so many failures and so many things that I wish I would have done differently and um, but I know that Jesus can act within our lives when when we don't even ask for it, you know, and that, that is sh this, this particular uh, miracle to me shows the power of Jesus, you know, and then you wonder, you know, uh, about him coming to earth to uh, bring those who, uh, G who God has, uh, has placed before Jesus to accept him as their saviors. Thank you. Thank you. Got about time for one more here. Well, during the um, end of the summer, when um, Baggio's were pa parents were in um, Africa, um, Baggio has, had experienced someone close to him passing away. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to share this morning, but was feeling a little too emotional to share. Mm-hmm. His name was Mark. He was um, someone who'd pick Baggio up every week and, and spend some, a little bit of time with him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just, uh, we thank you that you go before us in times like this. We thank you for the wonderful opportunity to share 
how you are at work in our lives, Lord, even the painful times, even the difficult times, Lord, even the celebratory times, Lord, where we get to celebrate you and, and, and what you're doing, Lord. Thank you for those who shared and those who have not, Lord. Uh, that's not everybody's thing, and that's okay. Uh, Lord, I, I thank you for the way that you are, are drawing us together uh, as your bride, as your church, how you, you, by your Holy Spirit, are ministering to our hearts. Lord, we just, as your people, we literally are saying, Lord, come Jesus, you lead. This is your church. Lord, we thank you that we have no problem surrendering this stage, this time, our service to you. Uh, you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Lord, and we believe and, and confess that you are Lord. You are the Lord of your church. Lord, thank you for how you continue to move, how you continue to direct us, lead us. And Lord, even though the world is changing around us, Lord, you are still calling us to go. You are still calling us to make disciples. You are still calling us to love the lost the way that you do. So Lord, as we come to a close to our time of, of sharing, Lord, and, and go out with singing how great you are, your great faithfulness, Lord. I pray that it would be a sweet aroma to you, that it would bless you. It's in your name we pray, amen.